That was great. Man. You know, it's different watching it on the screen versus being in person. And it's such a joy to be here, me and my family. And I watched the kids dancing. And you know what? <laughs> they got it right. They just got that joy. And it reminded me of uh, King David who danced before the Lord. And that's what he wants us. He calls us into that, into this season of our life. He's calling us to joy and to just to let go and dance and worship before him. So today we're continuing our series on joy. Fede talked about it at the beginning of the month on each day is a gift from God. And then we were blessed by Jehu Kim and he talked about that we need to be still and know that God is God. And then last week, Fede talked about joy is heaven on earth. And today, I'm going to be talking about joy in life. I'm not going to do it in 50 minutes. That's the amount of time he gave me. So, <laughs> just kidding, 20 minutes. If anyone knows me, is I can't skip a meal. So, we'll be out in 20 minutes. If you have your Bible, if you're at home, you have a device, I invite you to Matthew 13. I'm reading verses 44 to 46. I'm reading from the ESV version. Hear the words. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. I invite you to pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today and we just adore you and we worship you, Lord. Lord, a lot of us are coming today and we're coming with expectation that if we're not feeling joy, Lord, that we know that it is in reach through you, Lord Jesus. And we ask your Holy Spirit upon this place, let your words come out, not mine, Lord. Let us grab onto that hope and we are so thankful for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So when we talk about joy... What is joy, and how do we get it? Joy is defined as feeling happy. We all want to feel joyful in life. But the truth is, life is messy, and we all experience times of joy, but we also have times of sadness, anger, and fear. This brings us to questions. For example, we might find joy in our friends and family, but then question, why did they have to die? Or why are they sick? Or we might find joy in our life's work, but then technology might take that job away. How do we get lasting happiness? For us, we are natu nat naturally never satisfied fully. In fact, the average American's buying power has doubled during the last four decades. Yet studies report that the average American is not happier. But in fact, less happy than reported in the decades 
during that study. In today's passage, Jesus tells us a parable that unlocks the mystery for us to experience long-lasting joy. You know, Jesus used a story from everyday life to reveal a truth. Parables. Each one requires childlike faith to accept it or to have our eyes opened to the truth. And when we talk about joy, we have questions. And you cannot answer that question on how to be joyful unless you ask, unless you answer two questions, and that is, who is God and why am I here? A lot of us see God like we see our parents. And let me remind you that even if your experience was a positive one, our parents are not perfect. Only God is. And here are some key characteristics of God that reveal who he is to us. He is grace and mercy. He is patient. He is good. He is truth. He is forgiving. He is justice. He is love. And he is a giver. And there's many more. But I can sum it up to one statement, and that is, God is God, and we are not. But what has God done? God loves us so much that he sacrificed his son, Jesus Christ, to die as a human on the cross to restore life. God cares and he loves through his son. And when we love others, we are displaying that love of Jesus to others. In today's passage, we find two people. The first person stumbled upon treasure but was not looking for it. And the second was actually looking for treasure and found it. Luke 12, 32 says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The treasure is not anything in this world. In fact, Matthew 16, 6, 19 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. So what is the treasure? It's Jesus. Matthew 19, 21. Jesus said, If you would be perfect, go and sell what you possess, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, Follow me. Yes, Jesus is that treasure. And I'd like to talk to you about three takeaways from today's lesson on joy in life. Joy in life, and this is my first point, is about hope. Joy in life is about hope. Verse 44, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. So Jesus is comparing the kingdom of heaven to treasure that someone found. This is something of great value and worth that it exceeds more than the person had. So we don't know how much money this man had or his worth. All we know is he found the treasure and sold everything he had had to get the field with the treasure. And he was joyful about it. 
He had the hope of knowing that his tomorrows would be better. And he just went all in on that treasure. In 1927, an American submarine collided with a Coast Guard vessel off the coast of Massachusetts. And it began to sink. The Navy and the Coast Guard sent divers down to assess the damage and begin an, a rescue operation. As the divers got close to the submarine, they heard tapping on the, the wall inside of the submarine in Morse code. They were tapping, is there hope? And when you look for joy in life, you are looking for hope. And sometimes we look for hope in the wrong places. For example, we might look for the hope that we'll be loved and might find it in the wrong person. We might look for hope that we have all the money that we need and we might just put our hope and trust in the value of what we have. We might put our hope in government, but governments don't last forever. These things can bring superficial and temporary joy. Do you remember Jesus' parable of the, the four soil types? There was a sower who, who scattered the seed on the ground, and each part of the ground represented our hearts. And one of the places was the rocky soil, which meant that the plants did not take root, and they died. Here is Jesus making the explanation of that story in Matthew 13. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the person who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet that person has no root in them, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately that person falls away. This is a tough verse. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I find myself falling back and forgetting the joy and presence of God in me through the Holy Spirit. So we got to be careful on what we think about. So I'm not naturally prone to think about, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm naturally prone to think about what bad might happen. And it's really a fight in my mind because I, I sometimes just dwell on fear. My mind instantly goes down the road of what might happen. Even when God caused me to do different things in my life, I just immediately go to that channel. But I have to replace those imaginings with the promises from God's word. And there's a lot of them. It's really a faith battle, and we need to choose faith. We got to get that hope of Jesus on a daily basis. And a good place to remind ourselves of that hope, our treasure, our joy, is in the love that God has for us. God has not left us. He has not forsaken us. He has not forgotten us. In fact, Romans 8, 38-39 says, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels or rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, no height, no depth, nor anything else in all creation, including COVID, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
So what kind of things have you lost hope on? And as a result, you have lost your joy. And you just feel like you can't be happy. We have to remind ourselves to change the channel of our minds from flesh to life. To the only hope that we have through Jesus. And the staying power of that joy is through the Holy Spirit. God's presence in us. So that when we look around and we see scary times, we can say, my Lord, I don't know about this, but I know you. And I know you love me and got me. And there is nothing that can change that. And you stay in constant communication by prayer and searching the scriptures for a word. It's treasure. You read this. And you stumble upon a word that will give you hope you need. It is God's love letter to you. And it's filled with such good promises. It's full of life. And it's waiting for you to pick it up and read as much as you can. So your heart can be like the seed that landed in good soil. Which Matthew 13 says, Is someone that hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what is sown. So your heart stays rooted in Jesus. And by the Holy Spirit, you don't wither away from the sun. Nor fall away because of the shallow soil. Or let the weeds of life choke you. But you grow. And despite the stormy weather conditions, you thrive. And because of that hope... You can face that tomorrow with joy because God has a plan for you. So joy is life and hope of Jesus. Second takeaway is joy in life is about love and gratitude. Joy in life is about love and gratitude. Verse 45 to 46. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. So I want us to pay attention to what the merchant did. He found the pearl. He sold everything he had and bought the pearl. He found something that was worth far more than what he has ever seen. And there's nothing else to find. And everything he had beforehand was sold off. This is what we get when we come to Jesus. We find out how much he loves us. That he sacrificed his son on the cross as payment for our sins. You see, our sin makes us in debt, punishable by death. But Jesus paid it all, and he is our final sacrifice. The Old Testament was about the sacrificial system, but Jesus ended it. Aren't you grateful for that? He made up for the shortcoming. And when you think about that, you realize that finding God's love and our yearning for his love and communion brings us to love him. And that is expressed through worshiping him. Matthew 22, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Think about the love that you have for your friends and your family. In the beginning, it was love that drawn you together. 
But as time went on, the love grew because he spent a lot of time with them. Our love for God grows within us as we spend more time with him. We find that joy and express our love by worshiping him. But a lot of us don't feel that love for God, maybe because we haven't spent a lot of time with him. And there's a host of the reasons why some people don't desire that relationship. But you know, I once heard a pastor talking to someone And that person said they didn't feel love for God like they felt they should. His reply was, you don't think you love God enough? You don't realize how much he loves you. To realize that love in life, you got to stay in relationship with God. He does not go away, but perhaps you can spend more time in prayer and show an expression of love to him through worship. If you feel like your heart is cold for God, ask him for help. He will answer that. So how can you express love to God? One way is through gratitude. Being thankful to God is a joyful emotion. Gratitude glorifies the giver. It is humbling to say thank you. That is why it is God's will for you to be grateful because when you do, You are giving God glory and being humble and acknowledging that all that you get is by God's grace. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, Give thanks in every circumstance, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. When you're doing God's will, it brings peace. It brings power to your life and your relationships. Think about it. How are your relationships to each other when you take them for granted or expect things from them? What if you are just grateful for each other? As you go this week at Thanksgiving and if you're able to be together or the first opportunity that you can be together, I can't think of a better time to thank God for the people in your life and to express gratitude to each of them and see what happens. So joy in life is loving God, which means glorifying Him. And this is the final takeaway. Joy in life is drawing in the kingdom of heaven. Joy in life is drawing in the kingdom of heaven. What makes, what makes the believer's life joyful is we get communion with God in our lives. As a result, our lives look different from the world. We are becoming more like Jesus in the way that he loved others and brought hope and life to everyone's circumstance. Now I mentioned the first command to love God, but here is Jesus' second command. Love your neighbor as yourself. When we are loving others, we are showing a glimpse, a glimpse of the kingdom of heaven and showing Jesus to others. We are drawing down God's power, God's love and work through us to others. And when we believers encounter problems, we don't have to panic. We don't have to try to control outcomes. We know who's in charge. We read the book, the end of Revelations. We know who wins. So when we encounter obstacles, we don't have to lose our peace. Because Jesus is with us. 
and the Lord's in control. So a few weeks ago, I missed the South Carolina-Auburn game. And I hate to say it, I am a South Carolina fan. Anyway, we were out of town, and I heard South Carolina won. So later on the week, I wanted to watch the replay. And when I did, if, if Auburn was up or scored first, I didn't worry. When Colin Hill intercepted the ball like he usually does, I didn't get upset. You see, in this life, it's the same. God is in control. So when things don't seem to be working out, we don't have to worry. When our pick and whoever we voted for doesn't go as planned, we don't need to get upset. When we see chaos all around us in the streets, we don't have to pour gasoline over it with negative emotions. But what we do is we be God's presence and peace that is within us. And when we talk about God's presence within us, there are a couple verses I want to point out. The first one is John 15, 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. When we're abiding in God, then obeying Christ comes easier and our asking conforms to the will of God. The second verse is this, Romans 8, 9. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. This is speaking of the Holy Spirit, God's presence, that comes to us when we first believe. It's, it helps us commune with the natural and the spiritual world. So when we encounter trials in this life, we got to draw in God's presence through the Holy Spirit, resulting in the spiritual world coming down to the natural world. And that is the kingdom of heaven on earth. It is essentially us reflecting the light and darkness from our source, Jesus Christ. So today, how can we spread joy? How can we share the hope that Jesus offers? You know, the truth about God is that he is a giver. He's given us treasure after treasure. How can you be a giver? One way is you can encourage someone. A friend of mine, she's in her 80s. Uh, she just had a heart valve procedure last week. And I talked to her this past week, and uh, she's doing well. But a couple of takeaways from my conversation with her. First, she was very grateful to be alive, to have more time with her family. And the second one was this. She just giggled when she told me this, but she said the nurses did not want her to leave. And I know why they didn't want her to leave, because if you talk to her, she makes you feel good. She encourages. And you got to think, with all that nurses have to do these days, they got the energy from her to want to take care of her. And I believe when you encourage someone, that's life-giving, just like Jesus. It gives joy, and in return... You experience joy when you help someone that way. So as you go this week with family or friends sitting at the table, or whenever the first opportunity you have, be an encourager. Let your conversation be seasoned with salt. And let the light of Christ reflect on your life. Call someone who can't visit their family and encourage them. So joy in life 
is drawing in the kingdom of heaven. As I close, 1 Peter 2.7 says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. The original text suggests that if it matters to you, then it matters to God. God does not say, suck it up. He invites us to bring whatever is concerning us to him. Try being encouraging to someone. Build each other up and be grateful for the new day God has given you. You will find that God wants us to have joy in life. Today, if you're feeling overwhelmed, fearful, sad, discouraged, or anything like that, take hope in that God works in those kind of conditions. Because originally, God called you out of darkness into the light when you first believed on him. God has not left you, and he leaves you unspeakable promises. Like this one from Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. You see, even your most exhaustive season in life, God gives you grace to endure. Take hold of that hope in God's glory, in Christ Jesus inside of you right now. God loves you and his image is on your face. And God says this to you from Isaiah 43. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Now that is joy. Let's pray. I invite each one of you to ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? I invite anyone who doesn't know God, he invites you to, to know him. To say this prayer. If you're listening at home and you don't know Jesus, you can know him. Just say, dear Lord, I want to know you in my life. I believe that you came into my life to die on the cross for my sins and I take hold of that treasure. Lord, Father, we, we are just expectant and we're just so grateful that you are working in our lives and you have spoken. Lord, I, we just thank you for the joy that you give, for the life that you give. Lord, we love you. We praise you ask you to forgive us of our sins when we don't love each other and we ask for the help to love others. In Jesus' name, amen.